Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today, we are going to uh, talk about how the U.S. military is like a birthday cake. Um, I I'm going to try a new analogy today because uh, I've realized that the way I normally talk about something isn't putting all of the pieces there for people when they apply logic to it. So we're going to try to get some other pieces out there to better understand U.S. capabilities. Okay, so here's this message. In one of your videos, you said the U.S. military doctrine was to be able to fight the next two biggest countries at the same time. You seem to believe they could do this. Ukraine is using U.S. weapons and tactics against Russia and isn't really crushing them. Do you still think the U.S. is capable of doing this? I just don't see how. I like the logic. What, what's happening is somebody is taking what's, what's occurring there with Ukraine and the weapons that they're using and trying to use that as a gauge to determine how NATO or the U.S. would do against Russia going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. That's good logic. It makes sense. However, you're missing a couple of critical pieces of information. Picture the U.S. military as a birthday cake. A finished, complete birthday cake. Ukraine is running this war with the icing in the bowl, the icing in the spoon, a little bit of leftover cake mix, and a couple of pieces of last year's birthday cake. That's what's happening. Um, aside from that, what makes a birthday cake a birthday cake? What makes it different than just a normal cake? Candles and the message up top. So the stuff on top and candles. That's what makes it a birthday cake, right? They don't have any of that. They don't have the top layer to the U.S. warfighting birthday cake. They don't have any of that. When I have talked about this in the past, if you, if you have ever heard me talk about the U.S. doctrine being able to fight our next two largest competitors at the same time, you've heard me say something else. The problem is, when I say it, it sounds so absurd, people think it's a joke. And it's not. So we're going to try to do this a little bit of a different way to, to get the point across. If uh, tensions flare Taiwan, what does the U.S. send? If there's pirates off the coast of Somalia, what does the U.S. send? If there's issues in the Middle East, what does the U.S. send? So much so that when a, a war occurs in the Middle East, it might be called the Gulf War. We send aircraft carriers, air power, the stuff up top. Ukraine doesn't have any of that. Every time I talk about this, I say the largest air force in the world is the U.S. Air Force. The second largest air force in the world is the U.S. Navy. The United States military owns two things, the sky and the night. And I mean owns. 
Like, they're not making payments on it. They have the note. They own the sky and the night. Nobody can touch us. That's not American exceptionalism. It is statement of fact. And you'll hear people try to argue this and say, well, you know, wannabe superpower X has developed this plane. Right. And they have four of them. It means nothing. Um, If you wanted to use Ukraine versus Russia as a metric for NATO or the U.S. versus Russia, you, you would have to acknowledge it in... You'd have to acknowledge that disparity by admitting that Ukraine is fighting with its dominant hand tied behind its back. Because U.S. air power is the thing that ties everything else together. The U.S. (laughs) Perfect example. When people were talking about Russia um, possibly using tactical devices, there were a whole lot of people who were like, the U.S. probably wouldn't go nuclear over that. (laughs) And, And it's not out of fear. It's because the U.S. doesn't have to. To achieve that level of um, combat degradation on the other side, they, they don't have to use a nuke. They can do it conventionally. What's even more embarrassing is that with most countries, they can say, we're going to hit you at noon on Tuesday. And then at 12.01, they start. Not just can they do it, They can tell you when and where they're going to do it, and there isn't anything that can be done to stop it. I believe that's what the kids call a flex. So it's not a good uh, metric for measuring Russia versus NATO. um, Because the critical piece that ties the U.S. warfighting capability together, it's not even in play. That's the piece of information that matters. Night operations is a big deal, too, uh, but that's more for low-intensity stuff. Um, When it comes to a nation-state as opposition, nobody can come close to the U.S. It's The United States does not lose wars against nation-states. They don't. In fact, a lot of the problems occur because they they take out the government so quickly they're not prepared to deal with the collapse. The U.S. doesn't lose wars. It loses the peace. It loses the occupation after they have defeated the other military. And that I could rail for hours about and why it happens and how it happens. That isn't something the U.S. is good at. Taking out another country's military... It's as easy as cake. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.